Have you ever seen an ogre? Pretty sure I've dated a few. Who hasn't? <laughs> Who hasn't? <laughs> Welcome to Storybroke! Miserably ever after. I like my episode synopses like I like my men, a little longer than they should be. Mads! And I thought I was going first. Elaine! (laughs) (laughs) I was too excited to tell my dumb joke. That was a good one. Mads! That worked out. That's better. (laughs) It's all good. We made it. We're here. We're here. We are ready to talk about episode three, Lady of the Lake. Get used to it. (laughs) Or don't, because the way this episode goes. (laughs) Remember how last week I was talking about how really happy I was with how strong the episode was at keeping on track, really like tightening in on a set number of storylines and giving us those like perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not this week. Like, I still enjoyed the episode, but when I was writing the basic plot, I literally forgot a whole a whole arc. Because there yeah. were four. There were four in this episode. Yep. Four and a half. If you, four and a half. If you count Regina. Like, she's only in the episode, like, a short, a couple times, but that's a half a plot point there, too. Yeah, and that's mostly because last week she was she was filming most yeah. of last week's episodes, so that's but why, you know. We have a plus sign for this. Remember how last week we were super thrilled at the lack of gold in Bell? Yep. There's not even gold in this one. They don't even appear. <laughs> we don't even have all. to think about Golden Bell this episode, which means we're probably in for it next week. I don't remember. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, we're about to be in for I it. Think we're, we're about to be completely immersed in the muck. Yeah, um, I can actually say now. So last time um, I had joked about how I rewatched the season and then I needed to rewatch the episodes. So I once again rewatched this episode and then I I really like season two. Season two is great. And uh, so I have once again watched the entirety of the season (laughs) since the last time we recorded and um, most of season three. You're going to have to watch it again, 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 for next recording <laughs> um awesome yeah yeah we have to we have a uh, quite a bit ahead of us it's pretty good these are long seasons like this time last year we were starting this podcast yep they're well they're they're 22 <laughs> episode seasons um, and we do this every other week so it's gonna take us about a year to do takes each about a season. year to get through each season yeah um so, with a little break for us in the mid in the midterm little break in the midterm Yep. That's okay. Well, do we want to uh, get on into it? Yeah, let's let's get into it. All right. Here's the a little longer than it's supposed to be plot. Just like I like it. Once upon a time, Snow and Charming were still being chased by King George. They split up. Not you know, relationship-wise, just went in different directions, planning to meet up again at Charming's mom's cabin. Although they expected Charming to be the one who got followed, Snow was instead captured by Lancelot, formerly of the Round Table, and brought to King George. There she was tricked into a false sense of hospitality, which led her to consume a cursed goblet of wine, rendering her barren, 
the most painful revenge old Kingy could think of for his fake son, the traitor. Lancelot did not agree with the king's methods, so he switched sides and joined Snow to help her get to safety. Snow arrived at the cabin just as Charming finished fighting off George's men. Charming's mother was mortally wounded in the attack by a cursed arrow, and they rushed off to the Enchanted Lake, where Charming once fought the Siren in order to restore Abigail's fiancé with its magical waters. Sadly, with the Siren gone, the magical lake had completely dried up. As Charming and Lancelot searched for any traces of water, Snow reluctantly confided to her mother-in-law that she was cursed to never have children, but hadn't had a chance to tell Charming yet. The dying woman begged Snow to take the magical antidote instead, but Snow gallantly refused. The men found a small shell containing a sip of water, just enough for one. Charming's mother tipped back the flask with it, but it did not heal her. As she handed the flask to Lancelot, she lamented that she'd not get to see their wedding. So Lancelot, being a knight, married them in an impromptu private ceremony, complete with the couple drinking wine from a shared cup and a show of unity. Charming's mother died as happily as a mortally wounded person could. After the burial, Snow discovered that Charming's mother had not sipped the magical water after all, but had asked Lancelot to put it into the wedding cup so that her eventual grandchildren could be born, breaking the curse and assuring the future of her beloved family. Meanwhile, in the present Enchanted Forest, Lancelot is the authority figure of the Survivor's Haven, much to Snow's delight. She tells him he has a plan to find a possible portal to get them back home, but doesn't want to say too much with Cora nearby. He sends Mulan to help them return to Snow's castle. Aurora sneaks after them in a vain attempt to kill Snow and avenge Prince Philip, but she's not very good at it. Emma's independent st- steak. Her independent steak. Emma's independent streak nearly gets them all killed by an ogre because she's too stubborn to admit she doesn't know how things work in this world and that she's not prepared for them on her own. At the castle, they find the old tree wardrobe that sent Emma to Maine in hopes that some magic might remain to get them home. Lancelot shows up to help, suspiciously. Surprise, it's Cora! Lancelot is dead, actually. Emma burns the wardrobe to keep Cora from getting to Storybrooke. They fight her off, but are once again stranded there. In Storybrooke, Henry convinces a worried Jefferson to go to his daughter. Despite his fears, she'll be mad at him for abandoning her. She's not, and they enjoy a happy reunion. Henry also lies to his adoptive mother, breaks into her vault, and almost dies by poison viper. He's rewarded with wooden sword practice. Basically, after having tried too hard to keep Henry safe... Pushing him away, Charming relents and asks for his grandson's help to get Snow and Emma home. Does that work for all of our nine goddamn storylines in this episode? <laughs> yeah, I, I think we, like I said, they are, uh, as I was telling Mads, we could get a shorter synopsis, but then we'd have to talk more at length for each story plot as we come to it in our rundowns. And then we don't get to rant as much. Yeah, and we would much rather talk snap about like how the show goes. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you're driving this week. I know. Oh my god. So this episode starts with Prince Charming doing a microaggression. Uh, <laughs> uh he, he, like, talks about, like, we'll chase them away with their tails between their legs. And it's just like, oh, sorry, wolf lady. Sorry, Red. Sorry, Ruby. Yeah. Oops. I misspoke. But did he, though? Did he, though? 
I I didn't notice that. I was too distracted by Snow's entire hair wardrobe for this, which I want on my head and on my body. I love her her outfit during this during this episode, yeah. and she doesn't wear it very often. And I realized why partway through the episode. Um, it's all white. She's it's in a forest. White. It gets thrown on the ground a lot. Yeah, and like. For her- <laughs> But I want her hair. I like. I will wear extensions every day if I could get my hair to do that. I don't think you need extensions. You have a lot of hair. We have to tease it. It's a, but yeah, it's also, definitely long enough. Speaking of hair, I now have enough to do a, a whole ponytail, and I'm I just like, that. gender go. I'm so happy. <laughs> I remember my my short hair days. Whenever I could finally get a ponytail, those were good days. There's like a little bit that sticks out, and that is what bobby pins are for. And I'm yeah. like, bloop bloop bloop. Those days, tendrils are cute. Well, this is on the side because of how my hair's grown out. I kind of have a, I'm kind of rocking a mullet right now. Um, I'm getting it shaped at the end of the month, so that'll be nice. Uh, I in this scene, I want to go back to the scene real quick. Uh, there, you know, how close are they? And we got the stereotypical arrow shoots right into their tent in the middle of what they're doing. I to love show that. How close they are. I love it. Oh, it was good. It was well timed. It's, it's a it's a stereotypical thing for a reason because it makes a good impact mm-hmm. and it's a funny sight gag. It's one of those tropes that I don't get tired of. There are lots of tropes I don't get tired of. But yeah, but that is definitely on my list of yes, good, do this more. Yes, <laughs> it's a nice simple way to show how close they are. They're within yes. arrows range. Yeah, because they're watching out for King George's new general, <laughs> Leviathan. Ooh. Which I'm like, hmm. And they drop that pretty quick. Yeah, that, that vanishes. It sticks like, around for exactly two minutes. Yeah. Once we figure out who it is. Almost to the point where you're like, why even have it there? Except to do the reveal that this is. Lancelot. Right. Uh, like right away, Prince Charming and Snow split up, which as you aptly put in the, uh, in the, in the episode synopsis, not as a couple. Yeah. That's last season where they break up twice an episode. Um, <laughs> they just had to go their separate ways um, for survival reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. They're going to go to the cabin. Snow's going to meet mom for the first time. Should time they to get be there. Mother-in-law. Which is real great. I'm always happy to see that actress back. Um, we have our first named black character since. Yay. Um, since Mr. Glass like just vanished. Basically. He, well, he got locked up. Yeah, he went to he went to jail. Except oh, he's, he's in the basement. Yeah, uh, the thing about that is that we will not see him all season. Yeah, I think he'll appear in a flashback comes, once. I think he comes back somewhere. He's he's the mirror occasionally. He is not back while they're still in the Neverland arc in season three. There you go. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. He's still not back. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, luckily by that point, they'll introduce another, a second named black character for a minute. (laughs) Take guesses now on the alignment. Take guesses now on whether they're good or bad and how long they survive. Hey! Awesome! So anywho, yeah, like, we quickly kind of move into the present day Enchanted Forest, uh, with a, with like an unconscious Mary Margaret and uh, Emma talking to Cora. And Cora's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm super chill. I miss, you know, I'm so sad about like what happened to you with my daughter. Let's be totally beef pals. And then Snow wakes up and she's like, nope. Nope, she's, she's evil. She's uh, not she's, about it. 
hella evil. Like, you have no idea. She is super evil. <laughs> and she's like, oh, Regina has poisoned your mind against me. I'm just, I don't even have magic powers since the curse. Bullshit. Bullshit. Um, <laughs> sure, Jan. Sure, Jan. Sure, Jan. Um, yeah, she talks I mean, about wanting to get back to Henry. And I hate how Cora's like, who's Henry? Mm. Because they mention Henry's in Storybrooke. Henry is named after your your husband. Who does she who, know? She doesn't yeah. know he's dead. As far as you know, he might be alive. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the who's Henry reaction bothered me. That bothers me. Part one. Hold on. Um, you know what bothers me first for that was we just saw Cora get shoved through a portal, never to bother Regina again, and here she is. Here she as is. a viewer. This was the beginning of my, of course, mm-hmm. of course, bad characters never stay away. I understand. I yeah. understand that they just introduced her, sort of. They just reintroduced her to this season, so they act- obviously have the actress back. But my God. <laughs> I was like, oh no, the bad characters never stay away. This obviously won't become a trend. She is, she is our big bad of this story arc. Just straight up. Like, so, you know, she is the big bad, uh, uh, for, for the time being. And they do explain how she got back later, but right now it's very up in the air and feels a little cheap. Yeah. Like straight up. It's so hard. It's so hard to cross through portals and get to other worlds. But here is where we start seeing it happen all the time. Everyone does it at least twice. But yeah. it's so hard to do. Uh, we go. We you know the the leader of the camp wants to talk to Snow and Emma. So we go upstairs via rope, which is <laughs> I don't know, kind of weird to me. <laughs> because- <laughs> Yes, I, I commented on this one because they pushed like- him in through a hatch that's on the ground level. Did and it? yes, and oh. later this season we will go in and out of this room several times, <laughs> in and out of the pit several times through just a convenient door. But for now, we have to go up via rope. Yeah, I hope you passed that in gym class, which we never did. Oh uh, yeah, we didn't do that either. Yeah, then we're gonna see you. Come on up. Make sure you can climb. Yeah, I have um, I have no upper body strength. I've never climbed a rope before. I've done, I did exactly half of a ropes. No, I didn't even jump off the thing at the ropes course. No, I was supposed to do a ropes course, but before you could like go on the fun zipline things, you had to jump off of a tree. And I climbed all the way up there and I was like all roped up and I had my, my, my rock climbing harness on and I had my people on the ground ready for me to jump off the street. And I climbed back down the ladder. Mm-hmm. The 18 year old Elaine was not, not having it. And it was not a thing I knew that I wasn't going to do until I got up there and my legs told me no. So I've never climbed a rope and I can barely climb a vertical ladder. Sorry. I'm just giving our audience some, um, some tea time ASMR. As I stir some honey into my Earl Grey. <laughs> so we are bevving, uh, as we always do. I see, Elaine, you have a, a Coke Zero Sugar. Yes. Um, because we mentioned can. it. Yeah. They have to give us money now, right? That's how this works? <laughs> no, that's not how this works. They put it in a red can because they say that they fix the flavor. So if they put it in a red can, subconsciously, you think it tastes more like the real thing. It tastes exactly the same. As the old, I, Coke, as the Zero. old Coke Zero? Yeah, I don't taste any difference. I mean, it's it's been a long time since I've had more than a couple a week. So, uh, yeah. 
It's one of those things where I finally looked it up and I can have 300 milligrams of caffeine a day now, which is 50 more than I could have while I was pregnant. So I was like, wow, I can have nine Coke Zeros. (laughs) I don't. I have like two max on a day (laughs) in a day. So and not even every day. I'm enjoying a um, I'm also having a clearly Canadian with vodka in it. Um, cause I had a sweet craving today. So I got like a full on clearly Canadian instead of just my usual fizzy water. Um, uh, so since yeah. Oh, wait, wait, since we're dropping brand names of things we've been drinking, we went ahead and, uh, tried cause I can have like every now and then, as long as I'm not feeding yeah. for a while, I can have a drink. So out of curiosity, we bought the, uh, Bud Light Seltzer flannel pack. <laughs> That's off brand for you, but on brand for your husband. I'm just throwing that out there. What is this? Hard seltzer? No, that's right. No, the flannel pack has all the fall colors, the fall oh. flavors. So it's got like your standard apple crisp, which is like an apple cinnamon. Yeah. Um, and then it's got a maple pear, which is very maple forward. And then it's got a pumpkin spice. Which tastes like a cinnamon bun, but with pumpkin spice. So it's not terrible. Like, I expected it to be worse. Yeah. And then they have the the most divisive flavor in the whole pack. Toasted marshmallow. Oh, mm. y- y'all can't see the face I'm making, but it, it's not a happy one. When- I, I will say that um, uh, according to one of the McElroys, it smells like a candle and tastes like hate. <laughs> But we tried it out expecting the worst. We expected the worst. And we're like, okay, I can drink exactly one of these. Oh, God. <laughs> I can drink one. It, it would go really well with Kahlua if you're into mixing <laughs> things. It would go okay with Kahlua. It, tastes, it has like a burnt coffee flavor to it. I just love that you use the phrase maple forward to gently describe the, uh, the Bud Light <laughs> seltzer. It's very maple forward. I love you. And but because I brought that up because all these fall flavors remind me of being in the woods and this takes place in the woods a lot. So oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it makes me think of uh, my favorite bad beer that I've ever had, um, which was the Shiner Smokehausen. Oh, no. It was their Oktoberfest brew one year. And I love Shinerbach. Um, like. Once again, brand names. I like if I get a beer, I usually get a Shinerbach because you can take the you can take the train out of Texas, but you can't take the Texas out of me. Um, I just do. They had an Oktoberfest that was like a barbecue smokehouse flavor. Just oh god! And I was like, what the? F- <laughs> what is this going to be? <laughs> um, if you've ever been in a deep depression and eaten a handful of barbecue potato chips off of your stomach, who hasn't? Right. Um, it was it was a stale Shiner Buck Bach with that as the aftertaste. Oh, so it was depression in a bottle. Uh, yeah, I was. Um, it was it was great. I was like, this is so familiar. Like normally, my depression chip is sour cream and onion. Um, but you know, sometimes you got to mix it up. <laughs> Barbecue is uh, my go-to in general. So, oh, or salt and vinegar. Speaking of unfortunate things, I, back yeah. in Storybrook, back David in Storybrook. and Henry are like <laughs> just chilling, uh, navigating the awkward relationship of, you know, someone who's old enough to be your young father, but is your grandfather mm-hmm. and also a fantasy character. Yeah. 
Henry wants to be a part of bringing Snow and Emma back. He was part of breaking the curse after all. Um, But David is like, I'm not going to put you in harm's way. I'd much rather you be at school where I know you're safe. Hey, didn't he promise last season to stop skipping school? Yeah, Um, which he does. He goes to school and uh, that's it for that storyline. He ends up being out of school later. Yeah, he he just straight up, he just... uh, He just ditches. He just ditches at the bus stop. Uh Uh-huh. He ditches at the bus stop. We see the bus drive off and Henry's like, I'm like, you little shit. So not only can this boy not keep a promise, he's also getting some bad tendencies that make him not the best person this episode. I got very mad at Henry this episode. Oh, yeah, no. What he does is really messed up, um, which I'm like, we'll get to it in a second. We'll get I'm to like, it. We'll get to it. He is a child, but still. <laughs> My notes are all over the place today. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know where we are. Uh, we are back in the Enchanted Forest where Mary Margaret and uh, uh, Emma are kind of having like some some friction about Emma. Emma really has... Emma has anger that yes. she's not ready to admit to. Yes. She has anger towards Mary Margaret and 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 Prince Charming because yeah. and she still hasn't talked to them about it. Right. At all. I don't think she has really talked to herself about it. She hasn't processed it. Mm-hmm. And that's coming out as all this passive aggressive like I can handle myself in this world. I don't need you. I'm good, you know. Because is, is this- is this where they're getting their weapons back from from Lancelot and Mulan? Yeah. She gets uh, her gun. Oh, it- the most useless prop in this whole Once Upon a Time series. Emma's gun. <laughs> Emma's gun. Emma's gun. More useless than Curse Brain David Nolan. <laughs> I mean, it didn't work on the dragon, but now you're in the Enchanted Forest, and I guess it would work against, like, a dark knight or something, maybe? Emma's- Emma's gun has never hit anything useful. Which is so disappointing to me because, as you know from playing D&D with me, I love a magic gun. Yeah, but it's not a magic gun. No, it's it's not. It's a crutch gun. She needs her gun to feel powerful. This is um, not me trying to make any sort of political commentary whatsoever, but she needs her gun to feel powerful and mostly just misses anything it's like she's been trained by a stormtrooper yeah and i mean not not to be her main character not to be texas on main again but uh it's because there is no range in storybrooke so she's not taking that out and practicing regularly isn't there a range in storybrooke Uh, we haven't seen a gun range in storybrooke to this point i feel like at some point there's a gun range in storybrooke uh, on the other hand, as we'll see soon, uh, Mary Margaret is still a crack shot. Which oh, I, I Mary love, Margaret's freaking amazing. I love. <laughs> well, remember, sometime last season, <clears throat> she did something badass, and she was like, "Where did you... I didn't know you could do that." And she was like, "Neither did I." <laughs> yeah. Um, Aurora wants to come. Mulan oh. is like, "Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. hell no." Well, um, yeah. Sorry, I'm talking through it because I forgot where we are. Oh yeah, uh, Mulan pulls pulls Aurora aside. And gives her a lesson that yeah. one, she doesn't absorb. And two, literally every other character on this show really could learn. Yeah. Vengeance is not justice. Yes. That's it. But then Full we don't stop. have a show. Yeah. It, fair. 
We don't we have a show. We definitely don't have this entire story arc or the one after it. Yeah, we have. To, <sighs> we just have to reiterate it every now and then to show, yeah. hey, these characters are wrong. And here's why they're wrong. The same reason everyone else is wrong. I need to make an audio clip of that like I did for like the Windows XP error noise <laughs> for when I, <laughs> when I use a swear. I want to point out that I'm still confused as to how... I mean, I guess the Wraith was brought in by the curse happening. And so they're blaming Snow White for Philip's death because she was the cause of the curse in the first place, even though she's not the one who cast the curse. I think it was literally just proximity. Because Mulan saw her and just blamed her for the Wraith, even though they got there after the Wraith had gotten Philip. They came through the same portal, so it must be their fault. But they came through the same portal after the Wraith, because the Wraith was there before that portal came. So the time, the timeline, the timeline of that blame game doesn't make sense to me. And so I was going all the way back to the whole, oh, well, this is happening because the curse happened and they're still alive and the wraiths are there attacking them. That's all I could figure. Yeah. So Aurora, um, Aurora says, yeah, I'll stay behind. But then we get Wink. a cut. We cut away to her. And uh, what have you got there, Aurora? It's a, a knife. knife. No! <laughs> a knife! <laughs> oh my God. How did she get a knife? <laughs> yeah she's not very good with it yeah uh but so basically lancelot is like yeah y'all go ahead you do your thing but take mulan for protection and you know snow's like yeah cool another warrior and emma's like i don't need nobody to protect me i have a gun i have six bullets that will absolutely last me all the way through this fantasy world I've gotten by just fine in Boston in the foster system. I can handle a magical enchanted forest filled with things I've never seen before. Well, she could not. She could not. not. And I mean, we've established she had a not great time in the foster system. We'll find out how bad of a time in season four. Yeah. But yeah. (laughs) Takes a minute. Yeah. We'll get there. It it irritated me. Like I felt for snow this episode. Because mm-hmm. all she needed, and, and part of this is because Emma is mad at her and won't talk to her and is just not listening to her in general and is rebelling like a teenage baby. Um, yeah. But it is getting them nearly killed each yeah. time and it's pissing I, me off. I feel a it. lot for, for Emma throughout this episode. I, I just, mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, just as someone that has a, let's say, a complex relationship with a parent. Yeah. Um, I I feel for her, but at the same time, it's like, you have to realize by this point that things were not in their control. Yeah. Know your strengths and weaknesses. Whew. Know your strengths and weaknesses and follow someone who maybe knows the area a little better than you do. Yeah. So uh, back in Storybrooke, uh, they're go- by the way, the way, the reason they're leaving is to go to uh, Mary Margaret's former castle to see if the magic wardrobe is still there. So they can get back to their own world. They're not just leaving on a sightseeing tour. They do have a mission and a purpose. Yeah. Um, So back in Storybrooke, Henry ditching school has found Jefferson. So he's disobeyed his grandfather uh, to go meddle, essentially, in other people's lives. Um, He tells Jefferson to go find his daughter because not knowing is the worst thing. Yeah. And that is advice that has worked for him at this point. 
So he doesn't think about it critically. <laughs> and, you know, spoilers, it does work out for Jefferson. Yeah, unlike, yeah. And it's one of those things where I, it, Jefferson is so convinced that his daughter doesn't want to see him or will be mad at him because he left her. But at the same time, he is holding a sign she made that is looking for him that he found on the community board. It's like, have you seen my papa? And it's a drawing of him that looks better than the storybook drawing of him that everyone keeps showing around. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. Then Henry, it, we have Regina in the mayor's office. Oh, packing up. here's why I get so mad. Oh, this, this makes me so angry. It's but such he, a, you know such a shitty like? thing to do. You he's, know who he's acting like? Hmm. He's acting like his mother. <laughs> he's acting he's, like Regina. He is acting like her. This is straight up something she would do. He learned it from watching her. Ah, uh, but it's it's such a it's such a it's a horrible thing yeah. because she's made it very clear that she wants a relationship with him on his terms, yeah. and she's going to give him the space to make that decision. And we just had this scene with Henry and Jefferson, so I get suckered in every single time I watch this episode. Mm -hmm. that we're gonna get a scene of them having complicated feelings but trying but no no he's just trying to get her out of his out of her office to steal her keys the the townsfolk have asked her politely to leave her office and the position as mayor so she's already having a hard day like she's cleaning out her office to bring it all home uh, because she's been fired by the city and the only thing that could brighten her day is her son wanting to spend time with her. So she like drops everything and rushes off to the diner and he just sneaks in. Doesn't even like attempt to go to the diner and like put on a face like he didn't just steal her keys. Like he probably could have gotten away with it a little better if he had put in some effort. So here's where going forward. He's a manipulative little twerp and it made me mad. um, Last season, I was all aboard the Regina hate train. Mm -hmm. Um, They're trying to soften her here. Throughout this season, I yeah. will be I will be a Regina apologist. Even when she does some messed up stuff later in the season, like, I'm going to be like, "This season, get you're going to see me go up and down that that of uh, that Regina roller coaster." Because the beginning of the season, I like have optimism, and then just a, in just a few episodes, I'm going to be like, "You barely tried." Yeah, and I'm going to be real mad at her again. <laughs> I think this season's going to be a lot of. Um, she did a mass murder and I'm going to be like, yeah. And she looked hot doing it. Like (laughs) her mom was mean and she looked good doing it. Like who cares? She had good reason. Look how good she looked. No. So we'll, we'll butt heads a little there. I'm sure. Yeah. It just, yeah. They made Henry more of a little poop and it made me mad uh, for Regina. Like that, that's how they get me to like Regina is they show her briefly trying and getting screwed over. Yeah. By a character Um, I previously liked. So back in, back in the present enchanted forest uh, or the PEF, um, (laughs) as I will never refer to it again. Never again. uh, You know, Mulan uh, tells Emma and Mary Margaret, they're going to set up camp here. And Emma's like, why are we making a fire if we're trying to hide from ogres? Like an idiot, as everybody knows, ogres uh, find their way around by sound. Yeah, they're, they're blind, Emma. God. What a f- moron. <laughs> what an absolute, utter 
Rube. Yes, because everyone knows that about ogres. <laughs> everyone knows that. Uh, it's central to their lore, you know? Like... Ye- also the ogres are back because they'd previously been like fought off in the ogres wars and promised never to come back but uh plot convenience they're back also curse they you know humans are gone so they're back oops they're here i guess we have to fight them again uh so uh, mary margaret and mulan go off to get water and firewood and emma's gonna just chill and protect the clearing which she's not excited about because it she's not being trusted to be emma which you know what i don't blame them um right oh you know what we skimmed over what did we skim over uh the central reason for the plot of the past storyline which is that lancelot captures mary margaret brings oh. her to king george yo i got stuff to say about this, this they is have a whole about beverages. they have a whole interchange yeah we got we got really in the weeds on talking about our our beverages and didn't talk about the whole reason this we brought is, it up this is a beverage heavy episode yes. um yeah so king george's sad backstory is the reason he had to adopt james in the first place was because his wife got cursed so that she couldn't have children and that was the most painful thing either of them could go through together uh, knowing that this was something they wanted and neither of them could help the other one out. They just couldn't uncurse her. And so that's why he got James and he loved James. James was, you know, James was his son. Um, and then when he died before his time, Charming was supposed to be his ticket to an heir. And we see how that worked out. Yep. And that's ungrateful and traitorous. So in order to get even with him, I've just lulled you into a false sense of security, handed you this drink, which you drank. By the way, that's cursed. You can't have children by. Yeah. Uh, subsequently, Snow is Baron. dumped into the forest. And yeah. Dirties, dirties her white pants. Yeah. This um, is and- why we don't see these pants a lot in this, se- this series, because... Yeah. They stain so easily. I was like, oh, when she hits the ground, because there's a big muddy stain right on her butt. And I'm like, I'm... unfortunate. I mean, also, the being, being barren thing is also... You being sud- Finding yourself suddenly barren. Yeah. It happens, it happens to people, but it's one of those things where this was specifically maliciously done to her. Yeah. So, uh, deeply uh, messed up thing to yeah. remove a person's uh, reproductive autonomy. Yeah. Yeah. So Lancelot agrees with you. Uh, and leaves King George's employ to go help Snow White because he feels responsible. <laughs> Lancelot says reproductive rights. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, and he also explains that he had a woman trouble. That's why he's no longer with the round table. We all know what the women, those of us who have been in the musical Camelot know what that woman trouble is uh, or who have read any authorial legend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert, he banged the queen. <laughs> yeah. They fell in love mutually. It's a, it's a whole thing. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, several, several of the, uh, several of the tales have King Arthur being a Lancelot apologist about it. Um, yeah. spoiler alert, not this one. No. <laughs> Very, very not. Very not Um, this one. (laughs) I'm just saying, maybe, maybe the queen went for Lancelot because Lancelot wasn't spending all his time thinking about a sword and a bunch of other dudes. I don't know, man. 
seems kind of sus. <laughs> I don't know why that is my favorite just weird thing that happens on Twitter of people taking something completely innocuous and insisting it makes a man gay. Um, I love it. Well, back before Twitter, uh, the whole thing was, yeah, he ignores his wife, but he's constantly chasing down a, uh, a grail and a sword. And we both know what those are imagery for. Sword is a phallus, but the grail is a yonic symbol. Don't get me on my... Oh, he's oh, bi! I agreed with you! I agreed with you! <laughs> that was me agreeing with you. It was yeah. all an allegory for sex the whole time. <laughs> Yet another bisexual character trying to figure out their way in the world. Storybrooke giving us bi-representation by never giving us bi-representation. Well, then the, we have to, we have Mists of Avalon, problematic as the author of Mists of Avalon is, we get a little bit of that in that book. I haven't read that one. It's on my, it's on my the, to be read pile. It's one of those books that is, it's a really good book written by a really unfortunate author. <laughs> I'm trying to remember who recommended that one to me. Any of us. Yeah. Yeah, because I have a I have a huge to be read stack that I'm it's about halfway of, through from when I graduated of, in 2015. <laughs> I, f- I feel having read it, I read it in high school and then again in college, I think, and I feel like that's where a lot of middle school and high school girls maybe got their first taste of. Ooh, it'd be fun to do a little magic. I think that that's like yeah, <laughs> because it's very like it's very like folk magic hat, you know, mm. full. Um, because to, it follows Morgan Le Fay. Yeah, I, I, I think I got that with um, literally every piece of media I got obsessed with, especially the craft. Uh, who didn't? <laughs> oh, God, I loved the craft. Anywho. We watched the craft <laughs> a lot. But yeah, yes. uh, yeah you, it, it's, not a, like, it's not like they're out huffing magic books or anything. Yeah, no, um, I did a lot of that. Snorting a book. Got to snort a book to get magic. Got to snort a book to get magic. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so that that's why Lancelot is suddenly a friend and not a foe. Is he he agreed to help Snow out in this curse thing because it's partially his fault. I'm just sorry. I like not to change it yet again. We're really trying to get on track, but this show I think hit me at this time because as a kid I always wanted to stumble into a magical world. Yeah. And I think that's what's so thrilling about Once Upon a Time in general is because this happens to Emma at 28. Yeah. Which at the time I was like, wow, you're never too old to stumble into a magical world. <laughs> and now I'm in my 30s and I'm like, it's never going to happen. <laughs> you're going to have to bleep this episode a lot. <laughs> oh, I, I think I'm up, I'm up to three. I do a tally mark whenever I do yes. it. To <laughs> I do tally marks now so I don't miss one. <laughs> which has happened. I wouldn't know. I just have people tell me after the fact because I uh, I don't listen to my own voice very often. I do try. I just, uh, I start drinking during an episode and I get off. But yeah, um, you <laughs> know, I, I just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, oh, I had a really good one. I forgot what it was. It's okay. It was something about both of us. Oh, uh, who, who among us hasn't walked into a uh, a fairy ring in hopes that they'd accidentally be transported to a magical world? Who among us hasn't walked into an antique shop and just went straight for the oldest unlabeled book they can find? Just start touching everything. Just start touching everything. <laughs> if you see something green, just just to try it, you do have to say Oz. 
Well, you have to make sure, you know, at least we're lucky and safe from places like Wonderland because remember, it's very hard to find a portal to another land. Almost impossible. Surely you can't do it more than once. We'll get there. <laughs> Having watched ahead, I'm very complicated now. I can't figure out where I am. Yeah. Um, where are we? Let's skip to the fight choreography with okay. Prince Charming and his mom, who, by the way, this woman dresses like I plan to dress in 30 it. years. I like, know people who dress like her and they do their hair the same way. And I'm just very happy about it. Uh, I want to uh, give a shout out for this fight choreography to the shaky cam for when you're not sure about this week's fight choreography. Shaky cam. If your fight choreography is shaky, go ahead and shoot it in shaky cam. And that's the thing. Like it didn't look, maybe it was shaky cam's fault. The fight choreography looked fine. Yeah. It looked fine. I don't see why there was so much shaky cam. It was, maybe it's because I have a bigger TV now. It was just so obvious. I've been noticing it in Downton Abbey a lot too. And it pisses me off. Uh, well, this is, that, it was just this so is that- obvious. This is from that era where we're not quite in peak TV world. You know what I mean? We're not quite in television has cinematography. They're they're trying to well, they're trying to give you a oh you're in you're in the action and things right. aren't things aren't on a tripod in real life. Um, yeah, but my eyes still do a pretty good job of keeping things pretty steady as long as I'm not being jostled. Yeah, it's just. I don't know. I, I feel like we're we're trying to get to this point where we're not quite there. Sorry. Mm-hmm. We're not quite at the point where we're like filming TV with like real filmmaking techniques, mm-hmm. but we're experimenting and we're trying to do some new things. And that's what this <laughs> fight choreography felt like to me. TV had switched over to HD by this point. Yes. And so they're still getting used to that. <laughs> yeah. As we've seen from the makeup sometimes feel yeah. yeah as we'll see in season five Oof. Oof. spray and white hair Oof. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so um so th- i thought it was real cute that you know they have the cabin it's nicer than their old shepherd's cabin it's it's a little more wooded it's really she's, cute she's decorating by placing flowers out and decorating like the fence and the garden and stuff to make sure it's ready for snow she's nervous and excited so they go and they take my favorite character and they doom her. Mm-hmm. This makes me so mad. Um, not as mad as as Prince Charming's neck snap. <laughs> okay, that was that was shaky cam worthy. Prince Charming snapping a dude's neck bothers me so deeply because we joked about it before that, you know, we have all these speeches and, oh boy, this season, we're going to have some speeches about oh, how that's right. we Prince don't Charming's kill. The only, Prince Charming's the only hero allowed to blatantly murder scores and scores and red scores and I, scores of people. Well, sometimes in the past, Snow gets in these fights and I'm like, that man she should be dead. Yeah. She doesn't actually kill people. She's just maimed a few people. 
But, like, it becomes a whole thing later this season about, like, oh, heroes don't ever kill. And I'm like, really? Because I watched Prince Charming snap a man's neck. Charming has been killing people since episode one. Just straight up, like, mercs a dude. Watch your own show. Where does the shepherd dude get his fighting skills? Oh, uh, you have to fight off. Sorry, Ruby. Wolves all the time to keep the the sheep safe. Like, where does the peasant guy learn how to use a sword? I mean, I... Oh, he learned from, um... He learned in that one episode. Oh, we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> I'm just like, he's a really good fighter We're gonna for get to someone that. who spent his entire life as just a dude. Yeah. Well, that was the that was the whole thing with bringing him in was they expected him to die from that uh, that dragon, and then he ended up outsmarting it with his shepherd magic shepherd skills. Yeah. They're not magic. Um, They're just clever. He's like a corgi. Yeah. Back in back in the present day enchanted forest, uh, Mary Margaret's making a fire and Aurora finally appears with that knife and tries to kill her. And she just effortlessly like flips her over and pins her. Just like, no, no little princess. I love being reminded of how much of a badass Snow White is. This I love episode, it. This whole episode, like, I, I thought I realized it during the recap where they were showing her, like, trying to escape while their hands are tied. And she just, like, grabs a guy and hits a guy and knees him in the groin and runs off. I'm like, I forgot how much of a badass Snow White was. And seeing her with her pixie cut doing it, I'm like, yes. Yes. Right? Right? Yes. I love this. She's, like, my favorite action hero at this point. Yeah. Now this fight gets a little intense with Aurora and Mary Margaret. Mulan comes in and then Emma decides she's going to break up the fight by firing a shot into the air. And forgetting rule one, (laughs) ogres hunt by sound. (sighs) Oh, Emma. She's just Emma-ing all over the place. Yeah. So they, I mean, they they split into two small groups. I want to say uh, that I know that David Nolan is the cursed form of Prince Charming and not actually who Prince Charming is. But man, she really genetically takes after David Nolan in this whole episode. <laughs> yep. Can't even run right. And she's in like decent shoes to be outdoors in-ish. You know what I mean? Still yeah. goes down. I'm like, yeah. God damn it, Emma. Get yeah. it together. Uh, she tries to shoot the ogre, um, which, by the way, this ogre looks good. Yeah, like the CGI looks the really good. The ogre looks great. Her her gun shooting once again, most useless prop in the show. Um, also, missed- this is what you've been sending children to fight. Yeah, this is what they've yeah. been sending children to fight. They. Oh, we missed a good line. We missed a good line about how they're like, we're going to go up against an ogre. She was like, well, I did just kill a dragon last week. Yeah, and you shot at that and missed too, you dummy. <laughs> Ugh. Get a sword. Get a sword. Jeez. Get the right weapon for your world. You can't bring an ice sword to an ice fight. Gotta what? use the flame sword. Oh, okay. It took me a, fig- a second to figure out where you're going with that. Yeah, sorry. Um, I was my brain went straight to video games. It's okay. The mix of sugar, caffeine, and vodka has my brain in all kinds of places. Um, but yeah, Mary Margaret. Mary Margaret kills this ogre effortlessly. It's okay. It's not a person, so she can kill it. Um, With an arrow in the eye, because everyone knows you have to aim for the eye. 
Yeah, everyone knows you aim for the eye. Uh, and, and and she's just like, when was the last time, you, uh, you know, Emma's like, when was the last time you shot a bow? 28 years ago. Damn, skills, mm-hmm. skills. Mm-hmm. It all came back. Queen like riding a bike. Like riding a bike. And uh, yeah, Emma's just such a dum-dum this whole episode. And she's mad about it. She did not inherit her mother's marksmanship. No. <laughs> That's why her dad uses a sword. I don't know. Yeah. He's throwing he throwing swords. He's bad at throwing knives. He's good at. Yeah, now, he can do arrows too. He's made some pretty trick shots. Maybe she should have shouted "Hey" before she shot. Yeah, she needs to get into archery. You know, gun gunsmithing uh, gunsmanship isn't for her. Gunsmanship. That's my new word. Gunsmanship isn't for her. She should try archery. Yeah, try archery. That might be better suited. Or like I don't know, pick up magic or something. I, you know, huff a book. Like if she gets them all almost killed and she has the audacity to be indignant about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back in the past. Voice crack. <laughs> meanwhile, back in the past, uh, we have Prince Charming being told by Lancelot that the arrow that hit his mother was poisoned. Uh, so they need to go to Lake Nostos to heal Ruth. That is Prince Charming's mother's yes. name. Ruth. Uh, Charming asks Lancelot, how he came to lose his place as a knight of the round table. And he's like, oh, you know, women. <laughs> like, meanwhile, we have uh, Ruth and, and Snow White talking. And I really like that she phrases it like, oh, this is going to, this will tell you the sex of the baby. And like, there's so bonding. Your firstborn. It's so cute. Your firstborn. Yeah. It's like. The, the, I almost froze. I almost paused this scene because the way that it is lit and framed is so beautiful like they have they have ruth laying down on the bottom portion of the screen and then they have snow white and the the right side and then they just have this beautiful backdrop of the sun coming through the trees in the woods and the the rays of light are just so beautifully around them it was like a painting it was so beautiful and i just wanted to like screen cap it but i was on my tv and i would have to take a picture with my phone <laughs> it, it's a great shot there are there are a couple of like really good shots in this episode it's all the outdoor scenes it was it was a beautiful talking head scene yeah like if you're gonna have a talking head scene make it beautiful and they did and it um, was really intimate and mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it so so her 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 future mother-in-law tries to you know let's just do this fun little game to see what the the gender of your first baby is going to be if it swings north south it's a boy if it swings east west it's a girl and she ha- holds it over snow's hand and it doesn't budge and she's <sighs> like well you know it's just superstitious like she tries to be real sweet about it my heart breaks oh man and that's you know Snow didn't want to, she didn't want to do it because she knew what it was going to do. And that's when she confides in her that she can't have children. She's been cursed. And, you know, like, like lots of mothers, she's like, no, grandchildren are way more important. Give me a yeah. grandchild. Even if I can't be there for it, you got to have that grandchild. Yeah. You drink the water instead of me. Yeah. And they they try to outgallant each other well, here. Well, at this point, they're not doing that. At this point, they oh, think they're I'm both so going to be able to be healed. When we get to the lake. Oh, right, 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 right. We'll yeah. do that. But I mean, still, it's really sweet. And I love this bond between it's... like mother-in-law and, and daughter-in-law. Um, like, I love my mother-in-law. She's going to talk about Stardew Valley over text all the time. She's <laughs> I love that. My, my mother-in-law calls and checks in on me twice a week. It's very, very sweet. Um, I love her. I've been blessed with a good, good mother-in-law. Um, 
So yeah, I love this. I love whenever it's not the stereo the stereotypical gag of oh she's a monster they hate each other you're just trying to replace you're just trying to replace his mom no i no no i, I really am not really am not <laughs> i feel like if the if your mother-in-law is like that that is a red flag across have, the board they have a tv show about that is uh i'm dating a mama's boy or something like that and every time i see it Luther and I make eye contact, and I was like, I promise I won't be that bad. Norman! <laughs> Sorry, I just watched that whole series. That was <laughs> that was an adventure. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's good to it's nice to see two uh, women characters getting along. Yeah, I mean, lots, lots of women characters get along in this show specifically, but we've been yeah. seeing a lot of bad mother relationships. Um, Bad relationships with mothers in general. And so it's nice to see a good one. They're also not talking about a man. Yeah. Well, yes, they are because he's always wanted children, yeah. specifically a, a little son. Um, so they do. They are still talking about charming. Yeah. Mm. Um, then we have like we have several scenes just like back to back after this. They're just like quick cuts. Um, yet another line that bothers me. Which is uh, Mulan, Aurora, Emma, Mary Margaret approaching the castle, and Aurora complaining about how she's cold and she's not dressed for the weather. She's and I'm a like, whole cloak. That's one. You got a cloak, and two, that's on you. Yeah. Though but I do. Thing- en- yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you say yours. I do enjoy how Emma, wearing a tank top underneath her jacket, offers Aurora her jacket since she's cold. She's like, what kind of corset is this? And then doesn't put it on. That's what I hate. You hate it? I hate it. It's out of place. And so I laughed at it because it's so out of place. It makes no sense. Girl, you've never seen a jacket? They have jackets in your world. Snow White is wearing one. (laughs) Strawberry is wearing one. Philip was wearing one. Come on. Jackets exist. Yeah, like. It made an edit. Like it was an edit that made the cut. They might have had different lines. I don't know. Stupid. It was so stupid. It made me angry. It made me angry for such... It didn't make me angry. It made me laugh because it was so out of place. I only enjoyed it because of soft butch Emma. Yes. Yes. We got to see Emma's shoulders in this one. Yeah. And right after that is the scene in the past where we get to Lake Nostos and it's just like, oh, the lake's bone dry. We're hosed. Oh, right. I killed the siren. So... Uh, So now we're in Storybrooke. Henry is breaking into Regina's vault. He walks past him and like, you can hear the heart thumping and I'm like, Ooh, that's, that's dark. He opens a box and the Agrabah Viper jumps out. It's fine. It's been preserved in that box for 28 years and hasn't died. Yeah. Magic. Oh, wait. (laughs) Luckily, David shows up just in time to save him uh, because when, when, when Henry didn't show up, Regina was magnanimous about it, called David, yep. said he's missing, and her obviously the first place he would be would be the vault. Yeah, well, her keys are gone, so he's obviously breaking into something he's not supposed to be in. Right. Why, why was he going to the vault again? I forgot. Like, that whole storyline was just such, like, it wasn't I as important have. to me. It wasn't as important to me as the, the Enchanted Forest stuff, both past and present. I have no idea. Listeners... I've watched this episode so many times and I have no idea why this kid is in this vault. Somebody tell us, tell me, (laughs) I need to know. 
Why? <laughs> Why was he there? What was he doing? I mean, I could just go back and watch it, but I'm, I'm going to watch the next. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. The next episode instead. I can't remember at all why he's there. It has something to do with. It has something to do with proving that he he is valuable and helping uh, Charming get his mom back. Or was he looking know. for magic to get to fix the hat? He was trying to fix the hat. I don't know. <laughs> I just watched this last night. I just, I just watched it like two hours ago. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Fandom Fairy's got her back. She'll never. <laughs> God, what were, where would we be without Fandom Fairy? Uh, Any. <laughs> Our dear listeners, thank you. Yeah, love y'all. Oh my god. So at the lake, um, we're at the lake, Lancelot is like, maybe there's some water. Oh, we found a tiny bit, tiny bit in a seashell. And they're trying to get, Ruth is trying to get Snow White to drink it to remove the curse. But Snow White is like, I can't, I can't. They're, like you said, they're trying to outgallant each other. Yeah. Ruth and Lancelot pull a switcheroo on her. Mm-hmm. We don't know that yet, but that's what happens. I want Ruth- to point something out real quick. Have you ever tried to drink the very last sip of anything out of a flask? Uh, yes, you and I have been to several uh, festivals together. And definitely that has happened, I'm sure. I don't know because I'm usually blacked out by the end. It involves a whole lot of awkward upside down shaking of the flask to get the last little bit out of the flask. So when she didn't do that, we all you know knew she hadn't up. taken. We all knew she hadn't taken that si- that last sip of water. Also, if it's in a tiny shell, a shell is like a tiny little shot glass. Why would you then put it and risk putting it into another receptacle to put into a person's mouth? Uh, for plot plot convenience. convenience. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yep. 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 It didn't make um, sense to me that he would have done it that way, but I guess he figured the flask was cleaner than the shell, and this was his mom. He didn't want her to put her lips on a dirty shell. Right. That probably was... Let's think of that water, too, by the way. That water had dead people floating in it, but it was magical, so it's okay. Yeah. We'll go with that. <laughs> but essentially, like, it, it doesn't work, and uh, Prince Charming is is frustrated that his mother's dying reasonable she Mm -hmm. tells him it's okay like the only thing she regrets is not being able to see her son get married and they have honestly aside from the dying mom part um my ideal wedding it was very sweet like it's beautiful it's simple it's outdoors they had time to braid some heather into an arch right just that that bothers me a little bit as someone who has recently priced what one of those would cost to get um that they could just do that on hand. I'm like, y'all sons of bitch. Ooh, I got a glue gun. We can get flower, fake flowers on the cheap. I want real flowers. Oh, well, never mind. I can't help you I there. want real flowers. I had real flowers. I get it. Yeah, I'm like, uh, no, ma'am. <laughs> um, I don't want a lot of people, but I want real they, flowers. They have a beautiful wedding. They, they do a unity <clears throat> sip from a shared cup. Snow drinks first, and then Charming does. Mm-hmm. And as they head back... Uh, Ruth has died with a smile on her face and they bury her and they skip forward through the whole, I mean, we'll come back to it later. I guess I'm jumping ahead, yeah, this, but I want to point out, because I want to point stuff. out 
that I don't think they gave the script enough emotional gravitas no. for this loss. No. I mean, it's possible that we could have skipped through all that while he was digging the hole for her and then filling the hole in. Yeah. And he had, like, not just his emotional catharsis, but his physical catharsis off screen. Yeah. Um, but I felt... I don't want to say cheated. I don't say... When I, I felt sad for her that she didn't get more mourning. Yeah. Um, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Um, because that, that scene is actually right after this. Okay, okay. Um, we're back in the present. And we're seeing Emma's nursery in the castle. Oh, and that was Mary a hard Margaret, scene. Yeah, Mary Margaret talking about how she wanted to raise her daughter there. And all of the hopes she had. And this is where we are finally seeing, like... Emma is finally seeing, like, okay. Giving me up was not something that you did lightly. You didn't want to. Yeah. This was not easy. This was absolutely a last resort and you had so much that you wanted to it, it helps her mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, it it helps her let go of some of the anger she's had towards them giving her away cuz she had plans to have a life with her. Yeah. And a certain person didn't let that happen. Yeah. Um not long after that Lancelot appears. To be helpful. And he wasn't supposed to be here at all. Mary he Margaret is like, no. Like, Snow, Snow picks up oh, on this right away. Because she uses the name Henry, and no one had mentioned Henry's name to Lancelot, and so she knows it's Cora immediately. Um, so are you saying that our one named black character died off screen? Yeah. And has been dead the entire time? And his death was just mentioned in an offhanded comment? Once upon a time. <laughs> I'm begging you. Please give us, give us, an, uh, give us a black person. Who's not tragic. Who's not tragic, who's not evil, and who doesn't die within an episode or three. It's not that hard. You had like nine seasons, like seven seasons. I don't know. Like I'm I always get to a certain point and I'm like, okay, I'm done. This show's very white. It's so white. This show is so white. It's white as driven snow. <laughs> at least, at least we have Mulan. Yes. Our only person of color in the entire cast. Yes. Currently. Currently. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. 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 So Cora, said- turn- Cora turns back into herself, um, explains, you know, his off screen death. And Mary Margaret and Cora are fighting and Emma's like, you know what? I've got a good idea. And actually, it's not a bad idea. Burning the wardrobe. I, I, They'll we, find another way back. I'm going to come back to this. Uh, so they fight Cora off. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, because Mulan and Aurora finally come back because Lancelot did something to them. I don't know. Told them. Mm-hmm. To yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They come back and they help fight her off. And she's like, no, I want to survive this. This isn't the last you've seen of me type thing. Because she wants to get back to see her daughter and meet her her uh grandson. Her grandson Great grandson? Grandson. Grandson. Which Emma is having none of. Yeah. Um and so after she leaves, they don't leave that room until the wardrobe is turned to ash, which caused me to sing the Rihanna reframe from that Eminem song. 
Just gonna stand there and watch me burn. <laughs> That's alright because I like the way it hurts. And beautifully, nothing else in that room caught fire because it's made of stone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Maybe magic things just burnt because it also went up quick. <laughs> Yeah. She, she, tried she, like, to, she tried to magic the fire away from it, but it didn't work somehow. Oof. I was very yeah. confu- I was very confused by some of the action in that scene. Um, Cora has only mastered manipulative magic in terms of illusory magics and destructive magics. But she didn't she, have a she couldn't snort a book. She didn't snort a book, and she has not really specced any points into regenerative or healing magics. And also her prepared spell list for the day did not include conjure water. It didn't account for fire. You're right. She went, that was the last thing she was expecting. We've yeah. all done it. We've all done it. No, I, that's why I always play like fighty characters. So I don't have to worry about preparing spells. Yep. It's too I'm, much. There's too much planning ahead. I'm too indecisive. Mm-mm. That's that's why, that's why uh, my healer in our D and D game right now is a, um, is a uh, divine soul sorcerer. Be, instead of a cleric, instead of a cleric, Mm-hmm. So I just pick my spells and that's it. That's what those are the spells I have. I'm trying to I got to play a character that just got to pick from the book and that was nice. And I feel like it was my cleric, but that's a DM choice, I think. Yeah, I think your DM just lets you just like use whatever spells. Thanks, Bab. Instead of prepping every day. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. So so we just have a pile of ashes. That's it. And so yeah. we're gonna have to. We're still stranded. Got to find another way home. But at least you got to see the home you were gonna grow up in. So we had a nice little field trip that helped Emma resolve some of her anger issues. Cut to Prince Charming moving on so fast from his mother's death. Like I said, um, I feel like we missed a lot of off-screen grief because he had to dig that hole, put his mother in it. That's the only excuse I'm giving him for him turning around so fast. It's the had- same day. I know it's the same day, but physical labor can help you process a lot of things or at least help you move on for, for from it so you can grieve more later. I don't accept that personally. I, don't, I know. I'm I'm really I'm really grasping. I'm really I, I grasping. don't not just because it's really fast in general, mm-hmm. but also because we have made it expressly clear that his mother is the reason Prince Charming does a lot of the things he does in season one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the love of his life is his mother. Keeping her safe yes. is his primary character motivation. It's the only reason he became a prince to begin with. So. I, like this... I said, the script needed more gravitas. It mm-hmm. needed more emotional gravitas. I was it needed mad. more than. I, f- she, I felt she was cheated. It needs more than, well, she's dead, but I'll move on because even though we have no family left, I still have Snow and one day we'll have children. And Snow's like, And yeah, he was like, hey, look, here's this necklace. My mom had said a thing. You know, she told me that this will predict the gender of the baby. I don't remember which way it swings. And she's like, yeah, but don't do that. And, And it swings. And she's like, oh. And like right away, he's like so happy and goofy about it, which... Maybe he's compensating for the grief he's feeling, but it just doesn't feel like it. I've done that. I've done that. I have gone from getting terrible news 10 minutes before hosting an improv jam, sobbing on my co-host in the back room for five of those minutes, and then coming out and 
cheerfully leading a whole improv jam for two hours. And yeah, I've done and that. Like, I'm not here to tell you all or anybody the correct way to everyone, grieve. Everyone processes grief in another way. Some of us have to push it aside and focus on something else so we can grieve on our own in private, uh, it, on our own time without an audience. And I I yeah. feel that sort of, but I still also feel like we were missing some emotional it feels it feels dishonest to the character that's been established in Prince Charming. And more importantly, it feels disrespectful to the character of Ruth. Yeah. And that's the writer's fault. Yeah. That's the writer's fault. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we have a quick scene of, you know, Lancelot uh, revealing to Snow that she th- that Ruth passed on the water to Snow because what was more important to her was her son's future happiness mm-hmm. she's gonna you know extending parents, her life a little longer yeah parents parents die yep and snow right reveals it's a girl yeah to lancelot only not to uh yeah which which tie back that's how she knew the baby's name was going to be emma back before the baby was born in, mm-hmm. in episode one season one mm-hmm. she had some time to think about it yeah she knew it was going to be a girl because of this magical pendant from her mother-in-law which we never see again. Nope. <sighs> Back in the present, we have our our present day Enchanted Forest cast talking about Chorus Treachery and how brave Lancelot was before. And I appreciate Mary Margaret telling Mulan what they tell him, that the survivors, what they need to hear is that Lancelot was really himself, that he fought bravely and died, not that they've been deceived the whole time. Yeah. But they need they needed that hope and mm-hmm. Lancelot's memory deserved yeah. that. I yeah, I stand by that. And we have a little bit of catharsis with Mary Margaret and Emma. Um Emma is not ready to fully move on yet, but she's beginning to realize that she has that anger. And I mean, she's realized she has anger, but she's beginning to acknowledge it in herself. Yeah. In a way that will allow her to begin to process it over the next Several seasons. <laughs> it does take her some time, which is reasonable. Yeah. Um, after they leave, Cora reappears and puts the ashes of the wardrobe into a small bottle. It will be important, kind of, for the rest of the story arc, sort of, maybe. Yeah. Just because you, <laughs> this is a reminder, just because you burn something doesn't mean it has disappeared. It is still, like, even even paper remnants. Those remnants are still there. It's not gone. Yeah. Just because um, you burned it. That's just the way the world works. Sorry. Um, back in Storybrooke. This is sort of the end of the episode, but back That's in Storybrooke. I hate Cora. I'm sorry. Yeah. I no. Yeah. I hate Cora. And she Cora is angry. the worst. Cora and is the worst. I guess that makes her a good villain. I yes. guess that makes her a good villain. And it just makes me mad. <laughs> Cora is the worst. She does not deserve any sort of redemption arc. Uh, she is a truly evil character. Um, and, uh, the... And some of her plot lines that will come later this season uh, don't make sense to me. No. They don't make sense. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's all I got to say about it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, but back in Storybrooke in the present, uh, Jefferson waits for Paige at the school bus stop. He calls to her and they reunite with joy. It's very sweet. Parent stuff gets me so much. Like... Mm -hmm. Like, even in the last scene with Emma telling her mom, you know, oh, you had envisioned a future with us, like, tears. Uh, Jefferson, Grace seeing Jefferson 
recognizing him immediately and running to him. Tears. Yeah. I like how she hugs him and he just stands up and her legs are dangling and he walks off with her like that. It was just the sweetest, cutest dad thing. Yeah. Made me smile. Um, Good job, Sebastian Stan. David finding Henry. This was a charming scene. I love the goofy them running down the street playing swords together. That was so wholesome. Yes, I like that. And it also... Heck yeah, learn sword fighting from your your you know enchanted forest hero dad. Granddad, yeah. not dad, granddad. Oh, like, like yes, you do have a skill to pass on. Because here's where we're getting Henry's motivation, which is, again, I think a, the motivation we all have as kids. He's got his mom's, uh, he's got his family, yeah. the curse is broken. He wants to go to the enchanted forest. He wants to go to a magical world, which... We talked about it earlier. We all did as kids. He wants that escapism. Yeah, like, well, I want to say we all did as kids. I think that the audience for this show. Everyone here did. (laughs) Everyone everyone who is watching this show for that definitely felt that way. Yeah. You know, Um, again, I think that's a big part of what makes this TV show an interesting concept. Because Mm -hmm. it is that getting to go to a magical world story that we grew up with and wanted as children, but for an adult, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, I want to go to a magical world. I, I, I just want to pretend sword fight. That's why I bought a lightsaber. I mean, yeah, it's going to be great in a couple of years when my child picks up a stick and I can, I can come at him with a lightsaber. Oh no. Right away. I'm going to be like, okay, <laughs> So I'm in a magical world. Magic is real. Teach me magic. Yeah. Like yeah. hell yeah. Let me let me learn magic. I wanna I wanna like float and throw fireballs and it's gonna be so cool. Like Yes. I am 33 years old and I still wanna learn magic. I wanna be the chosen one. I don't want that responsibility. I really don't. Oh no, yeah, no. One. I don't want to be the chosen uh, one. My chosen one years are over. No. I wanna be like the chosen one's like buddy. Are we part of the Chosen One's support team? I had a good conversation about my my son the other day where I was watching some show and I was talking about how I didn't want him to have the the curse of being a... Oh, it's his eye color. His eyes are still gray because he's a baby. Um, And his eye color hasn't changed yet. And so I was like, if his eyes stay gray, does that make him an anime protagonist? Yeah. And the answer was yes. I was like, well, can we... Can he be something safe like just an anime like NPC townsperson, like a side character. No. And Luther said, no, because then he's going to have a death that makes the main character see what their actual goal is and potential. And we don't want that for him. I was like, oh no, you're right. He has to yeah. be a protagonist for his own safety. For his own safety, he needs to be the protagonist. <laughs> oh. um, bright side, if he's an anime protagonist in, in, instead of like a Western fantasy hero, you guys get to live. Hey, well, I was also told as long as I don't have a side ponytail, uh, things won't go bad for me. Yeah, no, if you have a, yeah, no, you're dead. <laughs> so, uh, no side ponytails or else things go bad for somebody. So yeah, no, I just read um, all of the first series of Chainsaw Man, uh, which is the dumbest, the dumbest, funnest manga I've read in forever. <laughs> uh, it's what it says on the tin. It's a it's a guy who can turn into a man covered in chainsaws. Well, okay. <laughs> it's so stupid and it's so funny. Hang on, let's finish the episode out and then we can get done. to that. Um, because we have a few things. Uh 
that's it for the episode other than you know king george i don't remember his real world name yeah yeah the he's the the district attorney he's the da and he just sees he sees charming and henry sword fighting in the street and glowers and he's a dick i hate this guy yeah we don't like him he's a bad guy yeah he's a bad guy and this actor is really good at playing a oh, bad yeah. guy. I mean, that's oh, what he does in every show, every ABC show. He He's in every ABC show from this time period. And he plays a jackass in every one. Gotta love he's, a good character actor. He's, he's an evil person on this show. He's an evil person on Lost. He's an evil person on Ugly Betty. Like, that's what this man does. He's so and good like, at it. They just put him in a suit. I don't think they even tell him what show he's on. I think they just <laughs> just go glower menacingly, please. Thank you. Yeah, that's it. That's what they do. They just like <laughs> go be disappointed in your son. That's that's what <laughs> that's all he does. That's his job. His job is to show up, be disappointed in whoever they tell him his son is that week. That's it. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're right. Spoilers. Ugly Betty spoilers. <laughs> That's it for this episode. So let's talk about Best Dressed. Uh, Snow White in her white leather forest outfit with her good hair. and Yes. Her, yeah. Yeah, Snow correct. So yeah. Past, past Snow White, Best Dressed. Honorable mention to Ruth, yes. David's mom. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm a complete agreement for both of those. Yes. I, I want her like simple you know, dress with the little white shawl. That looks so cozy. Uh, that looks like something I would love to wear around the house. I, like I said, I know, I know people who, who wear that, that outfit. She reminds me of people I know both, both in like my parents' generation and in my own generation. I know people who dress like that. It reminds That's- me of a warm, comforting lady. I can smell that lady. That's how I'm going to start dressing when I hit the point in my life when I no longer care about sex. Beautiful. When I'm just a sweet old aunt. Until then, um, <laughs> I still need something with a little bit of shape to it. Yeah. <laughs> I got to show that booty. It's a lot of it's ass. A good booty. It's a lot. Just um, Listeners, it's a good booty. It is. It's a good I'm booty. just saying. <laughs> um. But enough about my butt, my luxurious bottom. Let's talk about, okay, I think that, I mean, like, let's talk about the episode in review. Hmm. I enjoyed this one. Yeah, I, I think it, yeah. The, the, what it really suffered was too many plots. Mm-hmm. And that was just like one and a half too many. Uh, so I give this one a four out of five. Yeah. Uh, four out of five cursed arrows. I, I'm going to give it a three out of five cursed arrows. Okay. I don't think it was a particularly good episode. It had some good moments, mm-hmm. but there was just so many, there were so many things that undercut it. And it was so disorganized for me that eh, I just, I can't. That's fair. Yeah. Like I, I enjoyed it overall. And while I was watching it, I was following along. It wasn't until afterwards when I was writing my notes down that I completely forgot one of the entire plots. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, we grazed over one of them, glazed over one of them, grazed, glazed, glazed. Yeah, uh, completely just flew by it. Which um, one? The the inciting incident of why Snow White didn't want to drink the water. We just blew past her being cursed with infertility while talking about it. We had to go back and Wait, talk well, about it. Well, we spent so much time on it when it happened. 
Yeah. We spent so much no, time on it. I, I'm saying like in this episode while recording, we jumped like two scenes ahead because we were talking about drinks and we had to go back and talk about it because that's how this episode was. There were just too many things happening. It was a lot. There was a lot of exposition and background. Um, and, and yeah, I will, I will still give it a four because the parts of it that I enjoyed were very good. Yeah. And I will say it is unfortunately an issue with this half of season two. The um, first because, half? The first half of season two. Because, because we're juggling, we're going to be juggling a lot of time periods yeah. and different worlds. We're juggling present day Storybrooke. We're juggling um, present day the Enchanted, Enchanted Forest, Forest. Present, present day and the past Enchanted Forest. That's why this one so much. Because they have to get those people back so we can all be in one place. And it's not trying to keep track of when we are. Right, because it's one thing when you're having like uh, scenes that are concurrent in the same world. When you have a Bell and Gold scene, and you have a, a a scene with the Charmings, and you have a scene with Regina, but it's all in Storybrooke. That can be you can follow that to a degree. But when you're doing this, mm-hmm. where it's actually in other worlds, it's more confusing. Yeah, and that's every problem with every Herald we've ever done. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> And yeah. that's a read for my own improbabilities for 17 years and counting. <laughs> we've had some good ones. Oh, no, we've had some great ones. I'm, I don't know how many years I've been doing improv. I'm just dragging. I'm ragging myself. Ragging on myself. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. What's up with the Herald the way we do it? <laughs> 14 years. 14 years. I just did the mental math. 20. I hit Damn, 20 years this girl. year. I hit 20 um, years this fall of doing improv. What do I have to show for it? A lot of posters, but not a lot. Oh, VHS tapes in the background. <laughs> a lot of VHS tapes and a, a lot, lot of VHS posters. tapes that I have to move every time we move. Because I am I have the ability to turn them into DVDs, but that goes in real time. Yes. Now, we do have one question from our audience. Ooh. Uh, the reanimated Gory was his name. Um, it's, it's October, so we have yes, our... Yes, our, yes, our, yes, yes our scary names. Um, how do you feel this? Uh, how do you feel this episode sets up the Arthurian lore later in the show? I don't feel it does. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I think it does not. I don't think it does. <laughs> I think it does. Uh, I will say a piss poor job. <laughs> we have Lancelot. We know uh, that he's no longer with the round table because of lady problems. That's all normal. Yeah. That's all pretty normal. This show is going to get adjacent to Arthurian stuff a lot over the next few seasons. Uh, In season three, we're going to be talking about Excalibur. And yet, when we finally get to the Roundtable season stuff, the Arthurian legend season stuff, none of that is going to be used. Nor will it make sense. I can't wait to get there. Hooray! Hilariously, uh, I remember saying to to Corey before that I didn't think I had seen much of the author, the King Arthur season. Uh, gonna say now, I was wrong. I watched that whole season, but I think that's whenever my life started getting crazy and I zoned out on it so much, or I just didn't like it. <laughs> it it's not good. I don't know. I did like it was one of those things. I was like, oh yeah, I have watched this, huh? it's um uh i'm not gonna spoil anything that happens but i will say that the things they do 
to Emma's hair during that season are homophobic. Yeah, I agree. Are homophobic. Because they they do two horrible things to her hair that season. When she's not in spray-on white hair dye, it is greasy and PC. That whole plot is like trying to tread water when you can easily touch the bottom of the pool. Yep. 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 (laughs) Yep. Ah. Uh, 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 I have feelings about that plot. (laughs) It was Uh, unnecessary. (laughs) But uh, that's, that's all. uh, That's all I have for this week. So um, it's like a dog with no teeth attacking your arm. It's like, you're just gumming on me. You just (laughs) don't have to do this. We can just be chill. It's like being in an improv scene where two characters keep threatening to have a romantic relationship with each other, but never actually doing it. <sighs> it's like being in an improv scene where one character desperately wants to be in a romantic situation with you and you've made it expressly clear that I'm really sick of being in every scene with you where we're like a couple. Can we maybe like it feels repetitive and maybe you're kind of pushing my boundaries a little. Anywho. Wow, that's every show I'm in. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> not when you perform in the all women's troupe. No, then I'm the dude. I'm always the dude. <laughs> I'm I am the mas- I am one of the masculine members of my all ladies improv troupe. Ah, <laughs> uh, Butch Queen Elaine Paramore. <laughs> Surprise uh. me too. I always play the dude, and I voluntarily do it. It's not a thing they expect of me, but I always do it. Like this, this scene needs a really smarmy man. I got yep. it. <laughs> so my plan is uh, when we end this episode is to export it when it's done processing and start editing first thing tomorrow morning. I, so I don't get held up by power outages. I want to, I want to applaud you for keeping on with the keeping on when everything in your house and in this city decided that you weren't supposed to edit <laughs> that uh, episode yeah. by Monday because yeah. you were on track to, I want, I want everyone to know Mads was on track to have this episode out and ready for Monday. <laughs> and then one thing after another, after another kept happening to them and it was just impossible. And so I know that we promised we were going to get all these episodes out on time. And the first thing that happened was that the episode came out Friday instead of Monday, but that is not Mads's fault at all. <laughs> so I'm editing the episode, the power goes out. I have not saved. I'm like, crap. Okay, so it's a little Mads's fault. <laughs> I pick it back up. I'm saving regularly. Power goes out again. <laughs> we had this real bad storm come through. So third time's the charm, I pick it up and I start to edit again and realize that Elaine's audio file was corrupted (laughs) from the power going out and it being accessed. And I would have to start completely over for a third time. And then I did some crying and gave myself some time. (laughs) I was giving pep talks via text because my power was not out. (laughs) It was the worst. And we didn't have power for like hours and it wasn't like that bad of a storm. But like we just like the second time it went out, I was just like sitting in my house just waiting. It was yeah. the worst. Uh, anywho, thank you all for listening. This has been Story Broke. Miserably ever after. Beep.
This has been Storybrooke, Miserably Ever After, a Your Pretty Friend production. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review us almost anywhere fine podcasts are downloaded. You can also follow us on Twitter at StoryBrokePod. This episode has been made possible thanks to the love and support of our spouses and listeners like you. Thank you.